Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. How is that to celebrate right in the middle of service? I love it. I love it. You know, we, we, uh, we made a joke. We said, you know what? How cool would it be if every time we fill up a section in our little thermometer, that's what we're calling that thing, that, you know, every time we fill up a chair, it fills up a section. If at every time we fill up a section, if we throw a party. And so I, I'm just going to make a, a, a statement because I'm the pastor and I can. Every time we fill up a section, the party's going to get even bigger, all right? So that's what we're excited about today. Thank, thank you guys so much for, for trusting us with your giving, for believing in the vision of your place, church, for sowing towards the future facility. All the demo, like the guys that showed up last Saturday, they made some headway in that place. Uh, it's funny because we had um, some of the builders were like, man, you guys got like weeks weeks of demo ahead of you, and uh, these guys knocked it out in like two Saturdays, so we, we said, I think you're, um, I think you're uh, underestimating how motivated we are to get this project done, and so thank you, thank you to all the guys who showed up, and girls, I don't know if there were any that last weekend, I was here the weekend before, but not last weekend, who showed up and is, is investing in that thing. We are super, super excited about what God's doing around here. And I know this weekend we're starting a brand new series. Before we do, I actually want to talk about March's series for just a second. If you're like me, there are some times that you have questions and you may not want to ask your question because you feel like, well, I should already know the answer to this question, or you feel like people are going to laugh at you. So, you know, sometimes we say, hey, you know, whatever, 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 I'm asking for a friend, right? Because, because I know the answer, but, you know, my friend may not asking for a friend. So our March series is actually titled Asking for a Friend, and we're going to answer all your questions, or at least as many as we can, but we need to know what your questions are, and it can pertain to this message, this series, previous series, or just one of those questions that you've always been curious about. And so by way of of accumulating those questions, we're going to put a number on the screen, and this number is an anonymous number, like we're not saving your phone number, we're not selling any of your information, you're completely 100% anonymous here. This actually goes through an app for this specific purpose, and that number is 918-984-1597. So as we go through this series, as you're, you know, going through your week, and you're like, huh, I've always wanted to know about that, just text the number your question, and what we're going to do is we're going to compile all of the questions, and we, we need them sooner versus later because I like to be ahead in my message writing. And so we're going to compile some of the most asked questions, and I'm going to teach on those during our Asking for a Friend series beginning in March. And I'm just going to be honest, I have probably received some of the most gracious compliments in the last few weeks here at Your Place Church, and you don't even know you're complimenting me when you say it. I've heard things along the lines as this, Pastor, thank you so much, Um, I have grown more spiritually since I have been worshiping at Your Place Church than any other time in my life. And I'm like, thank you for that. And other people are like, listen, I have learned so much since being here. And uh, they, they just keep coming in, and that basic phrase, basically what they're saying is, I'm growing for the first time in my life in a long time. 
And I'm going to tell you, as big of a compliment as that is for me, I mean, you guys have a great pastor. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But it is actually because of the Holy Spirit that's in this place that's teaching you. Amen? And so that's why we're beginning a series on the Holy Spirit. And I just need to lay a foundation this week, okay? So um, a lot of this is kind of some groundwork. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. So just lean into this today. Let me paint a picture of what the Holy Spirit's role and function in our lives are today. Our last series was about pressing pause. We really wanted to hear God. It actually became more of a series about pausing and hearing the voice of God. In fact, if you missed last Wednesday, I am so sorry. Uh, obviously, you had to work or you had something uh, that came up because last Wednesday was really an incredible, incredible experience. We actually pressed pause and we allowed the Spirit of God to move in the room. I asked people to bring something to ride on or, or some kind of a mobile device, and we were going to answer two questions. Number one, what were the lies that you're believing about yourself? And we asked that the Holy Spirit would show us. God, show us the lies that we're believing about ourselves. And we dimmed the lights if you weren't here. And it was really kind of a magical experience for me because I had a stool. I was sitting up here. Uh, Reuben was playing in the background. And it was just one of those moments where you felt the presence of God roll into the room. And about that time, even people who didn't plan on showing up and writing things down, all of a sudden I saw all these little, all their faces begin to glow. And it wasn't because of the Holy Spirit. It was because they were right in front of their mobile devices and they were writing things down because God began to show them lies that they had been believing about themselves. And then we, we turned the coin over and we said, all right, Lord, show us the truth. What do you think about us? Who do you say we are? And friends, you could feel just the, the spirit of bondage break in this place as God, word for word, spoke to all of us on an individual basis how he feels about us. There was no laying on of hands. There was no word, special word that came out. It was 100% it was individually us and our heavenly father. And it was so, so powerful. And I want to talk about that today. Here's what we need to understand. Most of us are familiar with the phrase the Trinity. The Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I've always heard it referred to as a piece of pie. You know what I mean? It's the same pie, but there's three different portions. Last service, I had a gentleman come up to me, and he says, you know what it's like? It's like water. You have water. You have ice cubes, and you have vapor. They're all the same water, but there are three unique, different personalities of that water. And I thought, that's gold. That's genius. And that's who, that's who the Trinity is. And here's the thing. We've heard a lot about God the Father. We've even heard about Jesus the Son, but some of us, we've not heard a lot about the Holy Spirit. And I think it's well-meaning people that have just taught us what they knew, but not everybody knows about the role and the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so, because they didn't know, no one's ever 
told us about him. And notice I said him. He's a he and not an it. The Holy Spirit is not just this vapor, right, this looming whatever mist. He is a person. He has, he has a name, the Holy Spirit. There's a personality. He is a real person in the Godhead. And so I want to look at what the personal role of the Holy Spirit is in your lives today during this series. So let's do this. When you hear God, you're hearing the Holy Spirit. So let's invite him into the room right now. Holy Spirit, we just pause and we thank you for being an expression of the Godhead of the Trinity. And we invite you to come and to speak to us right now. Father, we're so thankful that you sent us the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit to reveal things to us. And Father, like, the, like they prayed in Ephesians, Father, we pray that you unlock our understanding. Help us to see things about you and about your spirit that we have missed or maybe we've learned wrong. Father, for some of us, we're in a really great place because no one has, has taught us wrong about the Holy Spirit, and we're learning about you for the very first time. So show us things, God, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, as a kid learning about God, I didn't actually go to church. Like, my family was just not, we went, we went to the lake. We fished all the time. And so I would have to go and spend a weekend with my grandmother, and she would take me to church. Or I would spend the night with some friends, and their family went to church, and they would take me to church. And every time I would go, I mean, I would hear about, you know, the Holy Ghost and stuff like that, but I just didn't have a comprehending of that. And honest, one of the biggest things that blew my mind when I would go to church and I would hear about God and honestly, I still have a tough time wrapping my mind around this, is the fact that there is or was no beginning to God. Like, we don't understand that because everything in life has a beginning. You were born, right? I remember when my first grandparent passed away and there was an ending to their life, at least here on earth, right? And I, I remember feeling that feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm not going to see them again. There was a beginning and an ending to their life. Uh, fruit has a beginning. We see it bud through a seed and a plant grow, and then it begins to grow this fruit, and then we pick the fruit, and then we eat it. So that's its beginning. This is its ending, right, when I put it inside of my body. Our church has a beginning. It was April the 9th, no, April the 12th, 2009, we began as a church, and so that means this year we're celebrating 10 years as a church. Come on, we can celebrate that. We're celebrating all year long. Our marriages have a beginning. Our families have a beginning. Everything in life as we know it has a beginning, but God has been here the whole time. There's, there hasn't been a beginning to God. It's like, it's like mind melt. I can't wrap my mind around it. And I think it's because we're just not equipped to imagine that. Everything we think about has to pertain to our life. 
here on earth. It's like when you have a, a computer and all of a sudden it throws up an error code, 486, whatever, you know what I mean? That's what happens. Anytime you think about, well, where did God come from? It's just like error code because I, I don't have the software to compute. I can't put that together. And so if God never had a beginning, he's always been, as hard as that for us to think about, so has Jesus. Jesus has been here in the beginning or since the beginning. Or he's just never was the beginning. He's always been here. And the same is true about the Holy Spirit. In fact, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the very first verse of the Bible, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So he was already here. God begins to create and the Holy Spirit who's hovering over the waters begins to form. As God speaks, the Holy Spirit begins to form what is the earth, what is creation. That word spirit is the word pneuma. It means to breathe, to blow, primarily denotes the wind or breath, but it also means the spirit which, like the wind, is invisible, immaterial, and powerful. You can't, nor will you ever be able to see the Holy Spirit. And our human minds have a problem with this because we're like, Pastor, I gotta see it to believe it. You know what I mean? I gotta, I gotta see things to believe them. Well, I would, I would then beg to differ and say, well, can you see the wind? You can't actually see the wind. What you see is the, what the wind is doing. You see the effects of the wind. You feel the effects of the wind. When the wind comes up, we don't even know where the wind comes from. It just shows up. And then all of a sudden, the trees start moving. And all of a sudden, the, your lawn furniture is tumbling across your backyard, right? We can't see the wind, yet we believe in the wind. Why? Because we see the effects and we feel the effects of the wind, it's the same with the Holy Spirit. How do you know he exists? Because you can feel and see the effects the Holy Spirit has in our lives. So it is possible to believe in something that we don't see. The function of the Holy Spirit has changed throughout time. From the time of, of before creation to the time of the Old Testament to the time when Jesus walked the earth until the time that we live in right now. In fact, I'll prove it to you. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 6, the Bible says, now let the word speak to you, friends. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, the Bible says, and you'll prophesy with him and you'll be changed into a different person. Judges chapter 3 says the Spirit of the Lord came on him. Judges chapter 6 verse 34 said the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. 
all throughout the Old Testament, we see that if the Holy Spirit was to move on someone, it would be these moments, right? It would be these times the Holy Spirit would come on a prophet and he would prophesy or he would speak the, the very nature of God, or the very words of God, right? But then the Holy Spirit, he would have to wait until the Holy Spirit came on him again. But something changed when Jesus walked on the earth. G, or John chapter 14, Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples and they said, Lord, can you show us God? Can you, like, we know you're tight, right? We know you guys are close. And because we're humans, we will believe if you could just, like, show us, right? John chapter 14, verse 8, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us, right? We want to see things, don't we? Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone, bro, who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? Jesus knew what was going on here because in verse 1, he's like, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. He knew that they were questioning some things. He knew because the chapter before, he had just had a conversation with his 12 disciples informing them that he's going to be betrayed, that he's going to have to be uh, crucified on a cross and that he's gonna give his life for all of humanity. And so now they're kind of uneasy. They're like, Lord, you just got here. Like, what's, what's up with this? I don't, I don't think we like where you're going with this conversation. He gets this sense of their concern. And that's why he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. So then he recognizes it, and he goes on to say in verse 15, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, our Father God, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. He's pointing to a day, right? And the term advocate is actually a legal term. It's a person who publicly supports or recommends a particular cause or policy. In other words, Jesus is like, you, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking I'm going to leave you alone. And I'm actually not going to leave you alone. I'm going to pray that God sends you someone who's just like me. And then he goes on to say in verse 17, the spirit of truth, the world can't accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. We understand that because we had a tough time believing in all of this until we had an encounter with Jesus himself. But you know him for he, I'm going to add the word currently because I don't believe it takes away from the text, for, but you know him for he currently lives with you, and Jesus says, and will be in you. Do you see the difference? In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon somebody, would come on them, but Jesus is pointing to a day when he says, you know what, the Holy Spirit is not just going to be beside you, he's going to be inside of you. And then he says this, he says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Again, identifying with what they're feeling. 
Lord, where are you going? Like, you just got here. I know it's only been three years, but, but you just got here. For generations, the world has prophesied about your coming, and now we get to be close to you, and you're going to leave? And Jesus is like, no, 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 guys, really, really. It's actually better. He goes on. Um, verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you before long. The world will not see me anymore, but you, you will see me because I live, you also will live. Verse 20, on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you're in me, and I am in you. Now, when you hear that for the first time, you're like, how, how does that happen? It happens through the Holy Spirit coming to live inside of all of us. Verse 25, all this I've spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. And will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace, guys. Chill out. It's okay. Peace. I live with you. My peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because he knew that this was going to be pretty crazy for them. Right? Jump over to chapter 16, verse 7. But very truly I tell you, it's for your good that I'm going away. And again, the, the original text was not broken up into chapters and verses. It was just one story, right? And so this, you can have several chapters about the same occurrence. And so Jesus is still having a conversation with them about this. Guys, it's good. It's good that I'm going away. Because unless I go, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go... I'll send him to you. Again, to be with you. Think about it. When Jesus walked the earth, his 12 disciples, I mean, they all moved as a tribe, as a, as a, as a posse, as a clique, right? They were all together. In fact, there wasn't just the 12. There were, there were hundreds, even thousands of people who were disciples of Jesus. And so anywhere he would go, there would be people who knew about Jesus that were there. And the disciples especially, they were like, you can't leave us. And Jesus is like, no, it's actually good because the only people who have access to me right now are those who are with me. But there's coming a day when the Holy Spirit will be with all of you. And it's going to be a moment. It's going to be, it's, it's actually better if, if I go. You know, I remember when I first started hearing about the Holy Spirit, and again, Nobody knew how to teach me about the Holy Spirit. I didn't understand the Holy Spirit. So I had question marks. And you can imagine my excitement when I heard that the Holy Spirit actually is real. He's, he's very interested in my life, and he wants to live inside of me. I was just like some of you in the room. I just didn't know. So these guys are like, no, Lord, you can't, you can't leave us, you can't, you can't go now. And Jesus is like, no, 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 it's actually better. Well, then fast forward to a time that we have this horrific God-forsaken scene of Jesus being 
brutally beaten and whipped, and he had a, a crown of thorns that, I'm not talking about those little rose thorns, I'm talking thorns that was pressed upon his head. He was tied to a whipping pole, and they would use a whip that had these, these shards of stone and broken bone in it, and they would whip him, and, they would, and the, 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 the whip would grab the flesh on his back and just tear it from his body. And you can imagine, because even though Jesus pointed to this, it was so much more than what the people expected. And in this moment, their entire world came crashing down. Like they knew he was going to go and that he was going to give his life, but they didn't know it was going to be like this. And so we have, some of them are, are running and fleeing, right? They're, 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 they're denying. They didn't realize that, that the, the, the soldiers would actually be looking for them just like they were looking for Jesus. So they're running for their lives. And this whole scene happens. Well, it's, it's real easy in a moment like that to wake up and just ask yourself, what, what just happened? See, they actually forgot what Jesus had said about him going away and the Holy Spirit was going to come. Because they're just trying to keep it together. We've all been there, haven't we? You wake up one morning and you're like, was that, please, please let that be a dream. <laughs> like, I need that to be a dream. And then you realize it wasn't. This is where the disciples were living. Then they find out that, what? Someone stole his body? They, they took, they took Jesus' body. So now a whole new pandemonium breaks out through the whole group. And they're like, someone took Jesus' body. And then someone remembered in that moment. No, 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 guys, wait, wait. Remember? He actually said he would come back. He would come back after three days. And he would rise again. So then it all starts to kind of come back. They, they had forgotten Jesus' words. And then the weirdest thing happened. Jesus goes to hell. He takes the keys of death and Hades away from the devil, right? He wins us back. And actually, before he actually goes back to heaven, he just starts randomly popping in on the disciples. Like they're sitting in a closed room. They're kind of still hiding out. What the heck's going on? And about that time, Jesus is sitting at the table. What's up, fellas? Right? What's going on? And they're freaking out, wetting their pants. Like, whoa, it's a ghost. What the heck? Like Jesus, I'm sure he was amused. He would just walk through walls. Boom. Boom. Leave. You know? Because he's, he's like, he, he like paid the price. He's Jesus in that moment, right? And there's one encounter that Jesus is trying to, he's trying to pull him back, right? This is why, he, I know what he's saying. This is why I spent so much time telling you about this because I knew you were going to freak out. But remember, remember, remember. One time, Luke chapter 24, verse 36. While they're still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said, peace be with you. You know why I had to say that? Because they were freaking out, right? He just appeared, drinking their coffee. You know, it's like, what the heck? But the next thing that he said to them was interesting. 
The Bible says, then he opened their minds so they could understand scriptures. See, these guys were still living in a world that was still, like, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. They were still living under the law. They still went to the temple to worship God. They still did sacrifices. And so they, this is why Jesus had to, had to connect the dots for people, and he used parables to do it. He had to kind of make the gospel. He had to put cookies on the bottom shelf so everybody could have one. You know what I mean? Everyone could have a bite. And so now what Jesus does in this moment is the Bible says he unlocks their understanding. It's like a Jedi mind trick. You know what I mean? He unlocks their understanding so the Bible says so they can understand Scripture. told them this is what is written guys remember the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day that's what happened and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations beginning right here in Jerusalem you're witnesses of these things guys now look what he says in verse 49 he originally say he originally said I was going to I'm gonna pray God he's going to but now he says I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. Stay here. Stay together. Stay, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So originally, Jesus is like, no, the Holy Spirit's going to come. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. But then he's like, no, 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 no. He's actually going, it's going to be like you, you are just completely dressed, not just with the Holy Spirit, but with, according to Jesus, with power, with power. Then if we fast forward to the book of Acts, also written by Luke, which is what we were just reading from, Luke is trying to get their attention again. In fact, Luke once, he's like, in my former book, Theopolis, I wrote about all that Jesus said, right? Verse 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Don't leave, guys, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. John baptized in water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Luke is like, guys, he said he would be crucified, and he was. He said he would rise on the third day, and he did. He also said that God's going to send us someone, and we're not supposed to leave. Can you imagine? They're kind of like you and I. We're like, what does he look like? You know, the Holy Spirit. What is that? What is that? What, what, what am I going to experience? What am I going to feel? Am I going to be able to control it? Am I not? Like, is it like I just don't know? I don't know what to experience. I don't know what to feel. I don't know what to do. And so the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 verse 1 when the day of Pentecost came now this is not just the day the Holy Spirit showed up it just happens to correlate with a festival the day of Pentecost is a festival that the Jewish people already observed so they're all hanging out anyway and they were all together in one place just like Jesus told them to be the Bible says suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind interesting the correlation from heaven came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Verse 4 says, all of them were then filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. 
this was the moment that Jesus was talking about. No, never before in all of creation has God been able to just live on the inside of us. He had to come on us. He had to come upon us. We were moved by the Spirit. But for the first time in all creation, Jesus was on that cross, right? And when he died, something happened in that place. The Bible talks about a, a, a veil or a, or a curtain that separated the, the Ark of the Covenant, which was the presence of God, and everybody else. When Jesus gave up his life and he died that day, that curtain, the Bible is very specific to say it was rent or it ripped from the top to the bottom. Not from the bottom up, it was from the top down as if a force or a power or a being was like, enough is enough, it's time. And he ripped that curtain apart and his spirit flooded out into the earth. Amen. So when the day of Pentecost came, that same power that was available filled every one of them. And they were clothed with power, the Bible says. Such a powerful, powerful experience. But no one saw the Holy Spirit. The evidence, what they saw was an evidence. The peoples filled with the Holy Spirit, their first display of how they knew the Holy Spirit came was there's tongues of fire. So they saw something. But then, as the tongues of fire descended on them, the Holy Spirit came inside of them. And every other time that we see in Scripture, the actual evidence or what they feel or what they do is actually they begin speaking in tongues, which we'll get to in a few weeks. So many people have believed wrong about the Holy Spirit. Listen, friends. The only basis that any of us have to go on is the Holy Scriptures. And there are people out there that's teaching that the Holy Spirit does not move. There are no gifts of the Spirit anymore. God just doesn't do that. That was from, that was just in Bible times. Great. Show me a Scripture that says that. Show me a, I mean, if this is God's infallible Word, all the books that are there, like everybody's like, oh, you know, there's other books in the Bible that just didn't make it. Well, then that's because God didn't want them there. Are you with me? What we have, the Bible says, I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. Do not take my word for it. Do not take any other preacher's word for it. You go to the scriptures and you read it for yourself. God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Nowhere did he say that tongues are of the devil. In fact, according to this, tongues are of God. According to this, he still wants to move. According to this, he wants to fill you with power from on high. You take the word and no one else's opinion, including mine. Are you with me today, friends? So what happens then? They have this incredible encounter starts to spread in the church. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit became the topic of the hour in the towns and the villages that all the apostles went to. Acts chapter 19, verse 1. When Apollos went to Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus, and they found some disciples, and he asked them, Hey, guys, did you hear? Did you hear about the Holy Spirit? Jesus told us not to leave, and the Holy Spirit came. 
did you guys experience that? Well, they weren't there, right? They answered, uh, no. We've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. In other words, what are you talking about, bro? Kind of like where you and I were growing up. No one taught us about the Holy Spirit. And it's because they just didn't know. No one read the scriptures. Or they were scared and they just, it didn't make sense to them. Well, being born again doesn't make sense. How do you, how do you be born again? Are you with me? But then you have an encounter and all of a sudden it all makes sense. They answered, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they said, which is water baptism. He said, Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is Jesus. In other words, you guys did that. Now it's time for this. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Notice, the Holy Spirit came on all of them. He came inside all of them. He filled all of them. It wasn't just, the Holy Spirit wasn't like, mm, you get it, but you don't. You, you can have me, but you can. It wasn't that way. Oh, you're not worthy yet. You need to tarry more. No. Just like with salvation, when you accepted Jesus Christ in your life, you were saved instantly. That's the way all of his gifts work. We see all throughout Scripture a secondary event where the Holy Spirit filled people. And when they asked, instantly they received. Amen? This is so good. This is so good. We have access to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to lead you in your investments. You know what? People are like, oh, that's not very holy. I don't think God's into that. No, no, no. He is into that. He's the one that causes you to bless and prosper. He says, I've given you the ability to gain wealth. And he'll lead you. So not only are you super smart in finance, he'll show you what investments to invest into. He'll tell you who to date and who not to date, if you'll ask him. He'll be like, uh, that's trouble. <laughs> that's trouble. You can't see what I see. That's trouble. You should avoid that. And if you'll listen and not just get caught up in what you want, he'll save you. He'll tell you what house to buy and what house not to. That's trouble. And that car, if you, if you can learn how the Holy Spirit wants to move inside of you, the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. And we're going to get into all of this during this series. It's going to be really good. And listen, here's my promise. We ain't going to get weird. That's what everybody's like, oh, oh, it's one of them churches. I knew it. I knew it. No, we're not one of them churches. We're just going to tell you what the scripture says and let you just do with it what you want. We're not going to look down on anyone. We're not going to say, we're not, we, we love everyone and just want to hang and do life. You are our church like family. So the Holy Spirit was here from the beginning. It was not this elusive vapor or mist that had no personality. He actually has a personality. Jesus wants all of us to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He was the one saying, it's, it's pretty important that I go so you can have this. And then he wants to live inside of everyone. 
And over the next few weeks, we're going to look at all of this. And it's going to be so good. So good. I can't wait. Father, we love you. Thank you for sending us the Holy Spirit. And God, we just want your truth. We just want truth. This is not man's opinion. This is not based upon some theological doctrine that man created. We just want you. We want your word. We want your unconditional love. We want the Holy Spirit to show us and to train us. We want those moments when we leave church, God, and we're like, oh my gosh. It's like they were just speaking to me. It's like they read my that's the Holy Spirit teaching us. And that's what we want, Father. That's what we want. We want you. All of you. Every piece of you. So, Father, we're excited. We're excited about what you're going to do over the next few weeks right here at church. In Jesus' name, amen. Many of you guys know that we are partners um, in fact, one of our five lanes that we have here at Your Place Church, we have a, a lane that gives locally through foster care, and then we have a lane that gives um, throughout the nation, which is through the ARC, which is the Association of Related Churches, um, which is a big deal because last week, not last month, not last year, last week, we launched on one weekend 25 churches in America. Come on, celebrate that. Amen. Exciting. Well, one way that we reach the nation is through a ministry that we partnered with called Conduit uh, Missions, Conduit Ministry. They have a church in, in Tennessee, but they've also, they've actually, before they were a church, they were a missions network. Conduit are funneling resources into uh, reaching those that, are, that haven't been reached yet. And uh, Darren Tyler, which is the, the pastor and the leader of Conduit, sent you a message yesterday. He's on the ground in Uganda right now. And uh, he wanted to share with you some things. Take a look at this. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.